What's going on, guys? Episode number 30. Hitting the dirty 30 with this episode. Hey. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, I recovered from the vid, from the COVID. I uh, had that in the last week, so the missed work, luckily, wasn't too bad. Lost taste, but it's a total trip, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like, I was able to lose a few pounds because couldn't taste anything. <laughs> but no, it was... It was not too bad. I, I enjoyed the time off from work, actually. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but it has its positives, I guess, mm-hmm. if you look at it that way. But yeah, episode number 30, we are talking about niches in the hobby. Now, there's all kinds of ways to collect. Um, you know, we always say collect what you want, collect how you love, but... Nevertheless, there are some established niches that are pretty popular among most people, and uh, we're going to just kind of talk about a few of those, whether we agree, or not necessarily agree, but like, you know, understand why people like them versus other things. Um, But yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot. We're going to be talking about like waifu cards, cards with women on them that everybody loves. Well, <laughs> Versus, not everybody, uh, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of EV collectors. That's a niche. Species, uh, yeah. Species and stuff like that. Trainer cards, alt art cards. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just going to be like a little general discussion. We don't know how long this episode's going to go, but, yeah, should just be a chill one. But how about that news? Once again, not a lot. <laughs> no, it's pretty slow. We had the Scarlet Violet set drop. Um, you know, first first uh, set with the silver borders in English. Yep, all so, the English so, cards you can look at on uh, Pokey Beach as well that just dropped today mm-hmm. where they revealed all yeah. those English cards. So go check that out. And it's uh, interesting seeing some of the pull rates um, that they have. Definitely much different than the Sword Shield era with the Alt Arts. So that's really interesting. Like instead of like one in a thousand, you're like looking at like one in three fifty to four hundred, pretty much for like the, the the most difficult pulls. And that's wow, that's obviously a lot. It's significantly less than one in like eleven hundred, like the Alt Art Umbreon. Yeah, and I think I think that's really interesting. Does that mean like they might encourage nerds here, or are they listening to the frustration of a lot of people on social media with buying like a hundred dollars worth of stuff and don't get anything? It's hard yeah. to say because they're because they, it's uh, on the Pokemon subreddit. They even have like the pull rates for the illustration rares, and it's like one in thirteen. So it's like if you get an ETB, you might have an illustration rare, and that just. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, we've talked about before, they're really diversifying the set. You know, we have like special arts and mm-hmm. art rares. So instead of like a alternate art super secret rare, they just have more of a selection of special arts. So it's like less lucrative, um, which yeah, I think is a good thing. So one in 300 isn't too bad. Um they're still continuing, you know, with a batch of trainers and the Scarlet and Violet set. Uh, Miriam is one of the chase cards. It is a waifu card. She is the school nurse in Scarlet and Violet. 
And uh, <laughs> she definitely hits on you in the game. If you uh, if you talk to her and do all the extra quest thing where you talk to the people in the school, she's definitely trying to get at you. So <laughs> it's uh, maybe that's why we got there. so many so many thirsty dudes for these cards, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But she has a special art as well, where she's like carrying books and stuff. Yeah, that one. That I will say that artwork on that card is really, really cool. It almost kind of reminds me like she's on the front pages, like she's. It's almost like a comic book in the back, in kind of ways, like these panels and like it's telling like the story. And she's just kind of going through it in this chaotic world, I guess you could say. Like she's just we're, we're trying to get everything done. That's kind of like the story that I feel like is being sold and. Yeah. Or told, and honestly, it's really, really, it's a really unique artwork, and I really, really enjoy this card right here. It's the artwork is very unique, and I definitely understand why folks like it. However, we also get to the waifu aspect, and you know, she's a nurse, so she's obviously an adult, so you know. <laughs> Yeah, and like there's really good art in this set, like uh, Great Tusk EX. I mean, that looks like, it's almost like an oil painting, like almost like Scream vibes, like Scream series. But uh, yeah, then it's weird, like all the other trainers are just kind of in their element, mm -hmm. just chilling. Um, nice looking cards, but then yeah, Miriam gets her own little special artwork. So, they know. They know what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. They really do. It's yeah. definitely, well, we'll talk more about it later, but it's definitely become a huge niche within the hobby. Yeah, then they got a lot of gold cards. They're continuing the gold card trend. That's another niche we might touch on. Mm -hmm. They got the two legendaries, a nest ball, and a rare candy, and two energies. So maybe they're planning on releasing each of the energies as gold cards. So that'll be a way to pimp out your competitive decks if you want. So <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. And they also have the ones where they're really leaning more into the storytelling amongst cards with the Gardevoir line. And I think that's very, very unique. Obviously, they've done it before. And they've been doing more of that with like the like the Charizard promos, for example, just <clears throat> recently. And I definitely enjoy seeing this. The, the telling the story with several cars feels like again, like almost like in a way, its own comic in some ways. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So artwork is top notch. I think mm -hmm. they're trying. They're still trying to figure out modern how to. You know, make it where people can really enjoy it still because people are still enjoying it, still doing well. Um, but they also want to try to combat the cost factor, which they've already done with the character rares, like we've talked about before. They're super cheap because of their pull rates. So they're just trying to adjust pull rates for the other stuff to kind of have the same effect. So with that, in the long run, people are less likely to buy more because the price should keep driving down. But we'll have to watch some things like that Miriam card to really tell. Yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, the only other news I want to talk about, which I think you mentioned it too, 
saw a new metric of the Moonbrion where they graded over 7,000 of the Moonbrions. And, uh, 7,000. Yeah, so that's total graded. And uh, if you're listening at home, we'll, we'll take a minute. Just uh, try to guess how many of those are tens. So yeah. 7,000 yeah. yeah. total graded. And there are 5,500 tens. So that is crazy. Is that about 80%? Yeah, well, maybe 70-ish. Let me see real quick. Somebody crack out that calculator. It's 78%. So, yeah. Wow. So we'll just round up, basically. 80%. Think about that. At first, it was obviously not worth it to grade with the fees for some folks, especially if you weren't sure if it was going to hit its end. But now with her $15 tier that they have with uh, PSA, we've seen a surge in submissions for, with this card. And obviously it's understandable why the card's all over the place. Just looking at the, looking at the graph on eBay's market trend that they have is truly a spectacle to behold. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, I want to touch this card with a 20-foot pole, and if you listen to this, neither should you, unless you can get a great deal on it. Because yeah. this card just screams, there's, it, how has it been able to maintain its price? I'm not sure, but especially if we get, like, another reprint, like a lot of people think, I mean, we'll see a nosedive, and it's already got a stark downward trend. But just something just keeps it alive. I guess it's the social media hype and the, and the hold it has on the hobby. Is that really what it is? Yeah, it's like the it's like the first edition Charizard of this In generation. Like, you know, I told this story before. I was in my LGS and these kids came in and I like literally heard them say, I mean, they were probably six or seven, like just starting their collection, had no idea what anything's worth, you know, probably. And they asked the guy behind the counter, do you have any Umbreons? <laughs> so it's like, it's like the first edition Charizard for us is uh, the Moonbreon for everybody today. And it'll always be worth something. It's a great card. Yeah. You know, don't let us shine you away from buying it just uh you know it it should come down if history told us anything like literally every single example outside of the last year and a half has shown us that this card is overpriced but you know maybe we know nothing who knows <laughs> i mean i definitely see this card in the future like i'm talking nearly a generation from now, so you're talking like 20 plus years or so, will hit, a per, like, I think could hit like maybe $5,000, maybe, you know? But when that, when this generation, like you mentioned, when this generation has buying power within the hobby, the ones that are kids, but at the same time, that's a long time from now. So I would just think the best course of action would be to stand pat with this card. Or potentially up until the end of the year or another year. 
Yeah. That's just my opinion on it. And then I do think long term, like long, long term, it will have value and it will increase in value even with the po- population it has. With it. But it's going to be a long time and there's better ways. If you're looking at purely from an investment standpoint, there's a lot better items to choose. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's weird. Um, you know, you shared something this morning where someone was trying to do the math and it's like, you know, why buy a car that will maybe go up, you know, 10% in the next two years? Why not buy modern booster boxes where you're pretty much guaranteed? Yeah, he said you're pretty much guaranteed 25 to 50% profit on booster boxes. <laughs> so it's like... Again, that situation has never in the history of Pokemon happened outside of the last year and a half. So it's like, you really got to be careful here. But, you know, that being said, though, times have changed. Who knows what will happen? Maybe Pokemon just continues to be as popular as ever and people just open and enjoy modern for the rest of time. But well, people's, I'm going to say, from on, on like the social media sites, people, people's rationale for these booster boxes is, you know, the people are going to want to go after that chase. And it's like, why waste so much money going after the chase when you can just buy the card when it's these altars are going to be the most graded thing from this era. So why just not buy the card? Because eventually the prices will stabilize since they're still in print. A lot of these sets are. And since we could see a couple reprints for a lot of these sets given, some might not have like a reprint booster boxes, but we'll be seeing these packs for like from like chill and rain lost origin, all these sets for years to come. And they'll be continue to be open, continue to be graded. And I, people's logic for why people are going to want to go after that. So you're assuming people are, are you're essentially assuming somebody's going to want to gamble and go for the chase, which there are a lot of people in this hobby that are doing that. But as the, the hobby matures, so does their financial literacy and the real realization, oh, I probably should drop $1,000 on three or four booster boxes when I can literally buy the card for $400 or whatever in a PSA 10. <laughs> but I yeah. might get it, you know, it's you're you're really thinking naively, and you're almost thinking very. I don't want to say natively, but you're you're seeing it as like a it's not a con as as a mark, I guess you can kind of say like, oh, somebody's going to want to have to feed th- their addiction, so somebody's going to definitely buy my item. I just think that there's a lot of wishful thinking going on with these products and expecting to sell within just a couple of years. I think people ha- are looking at it all wrong, honestly. They shouldn't be looking at it, oh, I'm going to drop 2K, flip it in two or three years. It's probably going to be longer than that. First off, yeah. more like five. Yeah. You're looking at me all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's just my opinion of it. Like Again, I think that obviously there is going to be value in holding on to see a product to an extent. I just think it's going to be a slow growth and you're better off if you're dropping that much money in the hobby, you're better off going something with a little bit more stability or just 
investing in something else safer in the stock market, honestly, or some sort of bond or something than, than doing this because the, the growth is going to be probably faster going with the bond. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and bonds are uh, bonds are usually slow. There's probably better things, but. Well, you it was just an example. Yeah, it was just an example. Like, I wasn't meant to be like, you know, one for one correlation, but it's just like, those are probably one of the most safest things you can put your money in that you won't lose money necessarily. And the growth is probably not too much different <laughs> was the ultimate thing I was trying to get at. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's just weird. I'm, like I said, I mean, we even knew evolving skies. Like if you go back to some of our episodes before evolving skies, we were pretty much predicting that set to be great. And, you know, you know our spiel with EV Heroes, um, the Japanese equivalent. So it's like, we always believed in this product, but still you don't see us making these crazy plays either. It's just very, very weird. These are cards where if you want a couple of them and you're okay holding on to it, do it because you, you're just, you just you love the card so much. If that's your reason for buying two of them and, you know, eventually selling it, but you, you just love two because you want to buy two and eventually sell to like pay for itself and you're okay holding on to the money for a long time because you're having fun in the hobby, by all means, go that route. You know, those intentions are relatively innocuous. Going in with the intention of flipping it in just a couple of years to make, to make bank, I think, is, a, is how you're going to get burned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just – a lot of people, I mean, yeah, like I said, if you believe in it, go for it, but – I don't know. You just need to be pretty careful with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I guess with that, we can pretty much just hop right into the main topic, huh? Yeah, there really wasn't much news. It's been really, really slow, honestly. So I imagine we might start seeing some more stuff coming up, like maybe 151 uh, leaks, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the next set to really talk about, I think. Um it's going to be like Evolutions. It'll be, or I think it'll be more like Celebrations. It'll be an exciting set. Um, people will always love opening it. And I think that's pretty safe to say without even seeing the set because, you know, of course it's Kanto and everyone loves it. So can't wait to see what that has in store for us. But yeah, I guess jumping into the main topic. Like we said, we're talking about niches in the hobby. Now, I guess the first one we should probably talk about is, in fact, the waifus, I guess. Because that's the most prominent (laughs) ones, you know. Um, It's the most prominent one, and people love it. So, what we mean by waifus is... Any card that pretty much has a female on it, especially if it's like looty looking, people just go crazy for. That's why why Schwartz is so popular. <laughs> they they definitely take it to another extreme. Um, yeah, Pokemon has started to you know do a little bit themselves, so. They they definitely know it's there, but essentially, uh, 
Yeah, they're uh, they're acknowledging it in different ways, like the Miriam. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely not super looty looking, but they know what they're doing. Well, they're, they're making it like a special art because they're acknowledging the fact. And that's something like you mentioned. Why, why Schwartz? That's something that Vince from the Head Game mentioned. Like, yeah, he sells it online on PCD player, but he doesn't want that in his in his glass, like where people can see it. Like, because he has a lot of families that come in and look at it, and having like half naked, scantily clad girls, because you know some of them are like very questionable in age. Some of them are even like underage, even you know, and it's kind of questionable in terms of those who seek out some of those cards in my opinion um now um, some high food cards make sense like ones of popular characters like misty serena miriam you know there are several characters that make sense but as you also mentioned there's some they leaned into it in some ways right with how they have some of these waifu cards portrayed and, you know, one of the cards that kind of pops up for me is the Lily card. The one where she's basically in a schoolgirl outfit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I understand to an extent because, like, Hobby is younger. But, you know, we're in our early 30s. And, like, if one of us were to be collecting it, it would be a different context. If a, if a college student or somebody who just got high school is collected, it's a different context. But to me, it's questionable. It's very questionable. But that's, that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Which there's plenty. You know, it, it's... Uh, so essentially you're saying it's like kind of weird for you. And, uh, to an extent, like I said, not not everyone, but exactly, but what an air card like Maharney, for example, she's there's one where she's you know just in a, a crop top, and her age is pretty ambiguous about what it is. She ranges from like twelve to twenty two, based on who you might ask. So if you put that in the middle, you know you're looking at it's very young, like high school age is kind of how I see her. And to me, that's mm, mm. like col- like collecting these type of cards to just like Google and stare at. Ah, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of weird. A part of it's kind of weird. I'm not saying it's weird if you collect it. Like, there are some that are really cool. Like, for example, the the Marnie from uh, Shining Fates. Or not Shining Fates. Um, Shiny Star V. That Marnie's pretty cool looking in its aesthetic. And she looks more like I'm ready to go. See, those look a little bit different. Like she looks like she's ready to fight. See, those cards are just like a, a trainer card, kind of. Yes, it's technically waifu because it's a girl on it. But as opposed to, like, Marty's Pride, there's a de- definitely a different vibe that they're showing here. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I get it. Um, you know, as as men, if you're straight i mean women you like to look at women <laughs> i mean that's yeah, just an idea that. but uh yeah. yeah it is it does get a little weird you know a lot of people like anime and anime girls are definitely a thing so like i understand that aspect of it but yeah with pokemon it is a little weird like 
because it's always been, you know, the the family friendly thing and now they're kind of giving in to the waifu esque thing. So it's it's like a you you know why they're doing it, but it's just kind of a little weird because like you know, but they're also keeping it PG enough where yeah, like you know it doesn't really matter. But you know, in the back of your head, like you know why they're they're doing that. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, it's just a weird thing. Um, yeah, there's a there's a Japanese exclusive Lily that may have been the one you're you were talking about, but yeah, that one's very pricey. Um, there's a couple Skyla cards that are, you know, showing off some assets, <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's a pretty, pretty old Skyla card. Um, and you know, trainer cards in general are another niche in itself. So this is yeah. like a niche within a niche, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I get it, but yeah, it's, it's not really for me. The only, uh, trainer card that i've been interested in there's actually a best of xy full art card of the trainer in and that's just that's my favorite character in the entire pokemon series um it's my avatar on a lot of things and on a lot of things online i'll just put my name as in just to like not have my info out there so it is uh a character I really identify with. So that being said, that's pretty much the only one I like. So I definitely get how if you can identify in other ways or other attractions, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I get it, essentially. But What's a uh, another niche that comes to mind? First off, I guess, well, do we have any of our own? That'd be a good thing to talk about. Yeah, so there are a couple I've liked as far as how far I ventured into it. You know, there's I've mentioned how I've pretty much focused my primary goals this year, and my spending on certain cards has been very, very small. Only spending on I'll go out to like a dugout. Uh, it's a, it's a place here locally that also sells. Pokemon cards, and I might go spend 20, 30 bucks for some, you know, illustration cards or, like, character errors, you know. Anyways, um, a few of the ones that I'm interested in are tournament cards, like the ones that uh, they'll pretty much give out to anybody that participates in a world tournament. And I also like stadium cards. Those are something else that I'm really, really drawn to. Uh, the stadium cards are... Basically, as you can imagine, they have like a stadium. It's a gold card, and they have like this gold trim with some sort of architecture or landscape. Some include the Juba Life Village or like the Path to the Peak. Um, that one's like snow with like golden snowflakes. They have this l landscape and architectural with like a w w wide shot a lot of times. And as a photographer, this is the sort of, these are sort of things that I enjoy taking photos of. And it's really, really cool to see them on a card. And I have a couple of these, um, but I haven't collected a lot of them. And they're really, really cheap. And they're just really cool to look at, very unique. And the other ones I like, obviously, are like the Champions 
passable cards. Uh, I mentioned the Kanto one for 2016, or it has the Kanto stars on it. I'm a big fan of all those cards as well. Yeah, they are uh, pretty sick. But those are the main ones that I would say I'm interested in as far as like niches. There is some species collecting I do with like Lapras, Cyndaquil, and Greninja, but it's not a main focus. Yeah, the only, uh, which I'm kind of finding this out now with, uh, with, you know, me selling all those cards, which I'm still doing. Um, my main focus is Japanese promos, uh, especially full arts, because I pretty much narrowed down my collection where I'd pretty much be happy with just holding on to like five cards and they're all full art Japanese promos that I like. So that's the things I like the most. Um, when I first started collecting the gold stars, were that for me they were always these elusive things but they were there was only 27 of them so you know it's like a it's like a definitive goal like okay i can go for all 27 and be done so i went for that so that was really fun doing that um other than that though the last couple years i've really been just collecting whatever i like and now I kind of wish, you know, I hadn't done that because I'm having to refocus my goals and all that. But, uh, yeah, nevertheless, though, it's been fun. The main focus now, though, is definitely, you know, not only cards I like because, like, I just feel like I'm kind of wasting my time if there's something better. So I'm literally, for graded cards, only doing, like, the best of the best as far as my top tier grail cards. And if there's nothing that tops it, then I'm going to start looking at upgrading the conditions. So yeah, it's a, it's a very narrow definitive focus now, which is nice, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I don't think I can do that. Like just the binders and like a handful of graded cards. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I, I can definitely see like compartmentalizing. Um, like why? Why stuff. do you not think you can do it? Like you just like having more graded cards or what? I just think there's too many cards that I really, really like that I would want to preserve and hold on to. Yeah, I just don't think I can get it down to like so. Like the five cards, like you're talking about, like you know, in theory, it would be like a Mario, Luigi, Pikachu a first edition Charizard, like, and I mean, two more, I can find out several, two more. Like I want the Satoshi Greninja in its end, you know, that that's another card that I, I want a lot of. And there's just a few others on my list as well that I would really, really, really want. So it's just hard to get that low. I think I can get down to pretty low though. Like, you know, 30 to 40, maybe I think I can get down that low, but I also slabbed like my entire childhood set, for example, um, the ones that were in my OG binder that I had from a kid. And I don't see myself ever cracking those out. I put them in, I paid for them to be slabbed for the whole sole aspect of preservation long term. And I mean, those I think are like 40 slabs right there, 40, 50 slabs right there, you know? So I mean, I, I can definitely get low, but I couldn't get that low. 
Yeah, I uh, I was just talking to this to a friend last night too. It's like another thing for me is that I have that first edition base set ungraded and all those gold stars still. And so that is like those two things are the collection that I'm just still holding on to just because they've been with me a while. Like they don't fit in my graded card revamp where it's Japanese full art exclusives. They don't fit in my binder collections because that's Watsy sets. Um, you know, just I just have unlimited base set. And I actually sold my Shadowless, so I don't have that anymore. So they don't really fit in my binder collections. The gold stars come after Watsy, so I don't even have a binder for that stuff. So they're kind of in limbo. But those are the cards I'm like just holding on to. So it it's just kinda it's kinda weird. But uh I think if I have this dream end goal where my binders are done, I have all my grail cards that are Japanese exclusives, the only other goal I could have then is like grading those things, like grading my first dead base set, grading my gold stars, and then for the rest of the for the rest of time, I would be happy, like, slowly upgrading the condition of, like, you know, across years. And, like, that would be what I do into my retirement for fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. in the end, I'd sell everything else, and then that'd just be my, like, side project just to keep me sane. But, yeah, but it helps once you definitely narrow your focus on what you do collect as well and i think having fun little niches within the hobby like collecting some of the illustration gallery from like beastar universe or, or crown zenith you know these cards are all really really gorgeous they're all like what three dollar cards 39 cents for or coro <laughs> for the english one three bucks for the lapras i mean you know these are these are really cheap cards. Fifty-eight cents from TCG Player for the toxicity. Toxicity, you know, um, you know, you can buy this whole set relatively cheaply if you want to collect it. And for the Crown Zenith Galarian Gallery, I mean, these are sort of issues you can do just for fun, and then you can just either grade what you want and sell it later if if you've lost interest. And it's a cheap way to be able to enjoy the hobby and enjoy the best of the hobby as well. So I think it's really great to have a niche that you collect. I do. Even if it's waifu, it's great because you're participating within the hobby. And I think as long as you have that, you have that drive to continue being in the hobby, continue to, to appreciate the artwork, the culture of Pokemon, I do think that's important. And if a niche helps you do that collecting, I think it's completely fine. Again, even if it's waifu. Yeah, it definitely has kept my interest. Um, yeah, like binder sets was another, you know, it's not really a niche, but as far as my collection goes, you know, anything can be a niche really, you know. Mm -hmm. So that that's what keeps you going in the long run yeah. is like, collect what you love, <laughs> once again. But it keeps you going, that's for sure. Yeah, I know it sounds pretty cliche, but, you know, it is true, regardless of how corny and cliche it sounds. 
trying to think of uh, some other ones. Um, uh, well, there, you know, some of the other ones that I can think of, like there's some that I've encountered are more or less strictly Moxie collectors. And then there's obviously some folks, a lot, a lot of folks like collecting a little bit of Wasi, but I have met pretty much primarily ultra-modern collectors, too. I've seen both worlds. Will they change? It's hard to say. Um, we've encountered an exclusive Wasi collector, for example, and it was purely driven by nostalgia. And I have to wonder, like, I feel like if that's what your main drive is, like, I, I get it. But if that's what your main drive is, and what, how long will you be in the hobby? Ultimately, is kind of what I have to wonder. It's like just looking at the old without appreciating some of the new. I just find very bizarre as well. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't understand it. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that I cannot understand it. Yep. The uh, you know another another one is like species specific. Um, there's going to be, obviously, you know, we kind of talked about Umbreon already. That is thriving, no doubt. Another one is Charizard. He's thriving, no doubt. Um, obviously, a lot of Pikachu collectors, a lot of EB collectors. Um, so, yeah, that, that once again comes down to, you know, what you like. There isn't really an easy way to collect certain species. Um Especially something like Charizard or Pikachu. Good luck. Yeah, just from the sheer quantity and then also the rarity of some of those cards. Um, Pikachu especially. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you're a, a Pikachu collector going for it all, are you going to buy the Illustrator? <laughs> like, are you going to buy well, every card with Pikachu in the background? Or... It's almost... <laughs> yeah, it's like... Because that's, that's the illustration cards. You know, Pikachu's in the 09 Arceus illustration cards. Like, those aren't cheap. And either you got to have a big bankroll or you have to set a disclaimer on your collection goals like Pikachu minus um, the trophy cards, which is also a niche, for example. Yeah. Or, you know, P- P- Pikachu minus illustration and trophy cards, because then you get to an obtainable level, even though you're basically collecting like every sun and moon Poke Center promo. <laughs> Uh, like Pikachu, they, I mean, they utilize obviously, like, you know, the ponchos, the Mario Luigi, the boss, P- I mean, the boss Pikachu. I mean, what it's if you're a Pikachu collector, if that's really what it is, like, I'm sorry, man, or, or lady, or whoever, you know, like, that's a, that's a serious goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and every, you know, any, goal like that is um when you're talking about wanting to become a species collector the uh easiest options would be to pick a pokemon that you know is not very prominent as far as you know the amount of cards so if you pick like caterpie for example like Obviously, there's not that many Caterpie cards um, compared to... Or Bosley, even. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, the more, like, less popular or less notorious Pokemon you can get, obviously, there's going to be less cards of that. Um, So, yeah, it's much more realistic. Like, I think Pichu, 
for some reason, like that happens to be like one of the most popular Pokemon that actually doesn't have a whole lot of cards because there was a guy um, on E4 not long ago who was talking about his Pichu collection and he's actually had the collection complete for a while, but there's also not that many Pichu cards in relation to other popular Pokemon. And uh, I would say Pichu's pretty popular, so it's kind of weird that he doesn't have a lot of cards. But that being said, a lot of the Pichu cards, like there's a whole illustration contest of Pichu cards yeah. as well. Same year so. as same year as the 2009 Arceus. You know, those are just as expensive too. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they definitely were. Quite the pretty penny there. Um, so yeah, there's less cards, but then again, it sucks. There's there's not many Lapras cards. I know you mentioned Lapras, so yeah, Lapras doesn't have a lot. If you really want an easy collection goal, how about Bonsley? There's only like three cards for Bonsley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, no, seriously, there's 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 hardly anything. I don't think they've. I don't know. Have they printed only like once in the last like ten years or something like that? Oh, shoot. I have no idea. They haven't printed a lot. I haven't been keeping up with the uh, Bonsley news. (laughs) I know. It's not as... I know it's... And a lot of people are are very, very disappointed. I think they had one in Cosmic Eclipse, maybe. So there might be four Bonsley cards. So, yeah. Really easy there. Looking it up on... uh, So, on Ceribi, you can look up the card decks. Mm -hmm. So, I just typed in uh what did i type in yeah. bonsley tcg cards and i clicked on the yeah. B link there is a total of yeah. three three <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah and it hasn't been printed in a set in 10 years although this is just the artwork um you know the this can be multiple artworks in different sets but with bonsley i feel like uh yeah, it's it's kind of given that he probably doesn't have the same artwork in multiple sets. Mm. Also, uh, that's a pretty weird hole at the bottom of Bonsley. Why? Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> what he was going to say. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's very peculiar. If you haven't looked this up, um, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I guess you can even see it in Oda's Bonsley. Um, I guess it was a promotional from the eighth movie. And you see it there, and you can, you can plainly see it in the di- Diamond and Pearl version. <laughs> and I guess while he is a plant entity, he also needs to go number two. Yeah. So he's a uh, he, he's on his back in a peculiar position, very scared of something, as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did not know that Bonsley has a hole. <laughs> yeah, and it's apparently they haven't printed it since then. And they probably realized their mistake in that artwork and said never again. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that one is a like you said, eighth movie came in a deck, and then there's another one that's a promo. So was there really just one Bonsley card and Diamond and Pearl, and that was it? It's really Maybe. weird because at this at this point. There was something I saw. I might be a fan-made card because I thought it 
it looked like it was like a her, it was a trainer in Bonsley, but it might bite like from the tag team set yeah. came up maybe, but I'm not sure if that's a legit card or not because it's not showing up in Sex Araby. Yeah, or if he, you know, was if it was like you know I I have no idea, but Iggly Buff and Bonsley GX, you know, maybe it shows up as something else. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, species can get as difficult or as easy as you want. Um, there's also language niches, like you could collect weird languages, um, or maybe language exclusive cards. That's kind of what I'm doing with my Japanese full arts. But there are other cards. There are some, you know, special. Chinese and Korean variants. There's some, um, something that's on the top of my head. There's actually a special product of evolutions that came out in Korea. I think it was either Korea or somewhere over there, but it, it was never released anywhere else in any other language. And it is actually like a really cool, like collector box type thing. Um, kind of like our ETBs, except it was, you know, much nicer. So there's weird things like that. Um, so yeah, you can really go in any direction with it. Another, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, uh, another one that, that comes to mind, um, you know, a lot of people, do the trainers they'll do the the gyms and whatnot um but now i kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> oh a lot of people will collect certain styles of cards and artists um mm, yeah artists we haven't really we've talked about doing an episode with artists we've liked we haven't done one like that yet mm-hmm. but yeah, that's always a big one probably one of the biggest categories, obviously. Um, I have a Coke, I have a Comia binder. That's something else I forgot to mention. Yeah, I have a good portion of his cards. Now he has, he's got a few jumbo cards. I don't know if I'll that are actually really pricey that I don't know if I'll collect or not. Um, but it's like a thousand dollars or something like that. Damn. Very rare. And he's got a few more expensive cards that are like three, four hundred as well that were. I forget what they were. They were like a special promo card or something along those lines. That, but they're really, really cool looking. And yeah. then, obviously, the new hot artist is Shanji Khan, probably. <laughs> yeah. There was a Himeno signing at one of the regional events here mm-hmm. last week. Um, it was actually revealed in one of her panels where she talked to the crowd that she collects Komiya cards. And she really, she really <laughs> likes them, and she has her own Kamiya collection. So it's really cool. Like artists collecting other artists is even a thing. So she has a lot of the um, uh, festival cards. If I'm not mistaken. Kishimaru. Yeah, she she does a lot. And it's more of like a cartoony artwork lots of times. Yeah, there's, let's see, 
Terabi, because Terabi also has a thing for artists as well. Let's see if it comes up. Make sure you do the Birthdays Pikachu, which is obviously a great artwork card. I thought she did the, like the Champions Festival. Who, am I mistaken? Nope, nope. There it is. Player Ceremony, yep. Nice. Those are really, really, really cool. Yeah, those are really, really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of her artwork with those cards. Those are some of the cards that are kind of on the outside part of my goal list. But if I had the money, like after I got the other ones, if I just wanted a card every couple months, I'd probably go after those because they're so cool looking. They're just a trainer card, but but they're a novelty and just fantastic artwork that includes a bunch of different uh, mons in one in one card. Yeah, that's another thing. People collect that as well. You know, cards mm-hmm. with multiple Pokemon. So there's some of those, um, even the illustration contest ones, where there is a ton of Pokemon in one card. But uh, yeah, there's there's just so many. I'm gonna start flipping through. Um, my cards here, seeing if any of them hit other niches. Um, you know, I'm looking at the Lorcana set right now. That's that's something that Pokemon makes it easy for us to collect. If there is a certain thing, you know, like this Disney Lorcana set, it was advertised as a collector set, and it came as a whole package. So that's a niche. You know, from the get-go, people who only collect collector set cards. So it's, you know, it's already built into the DNA. Every time Pokemon releases a new special product or something like that, you know, metal cards, you know, that there could be metal card collectors. Anything can spawn off of anything new, essentially. But, yeah, it's uh, very easy just to find a niche once you've kind of explored a little bit and found out exactly what you love. but Obviously, the kind of going back, we're kind of on like the some of the trainer cards that they award at like tournaments and all that. And, you know, you're talking about super rare cards with the trophy cards. You know, some of these are one of ones or like one in 41, like with the, with the illustrator. These are obviously ones that, Honestly, only the only the most wealthy, like the point one percent, and the hobby, are able to afford. And obviously, there's one that are really weird, which includes the promos with the winner faces on the card. I do not like those cards at all. <laughs> yeah, it has like the winner. That's weird. They have one for uh, Mikumi, I think, as well. Yeah. And there's some Japanese female singer that's on one. And, you know, Ishihara has his own, although he's, like, made to be cartoon looking. But even that, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird to see. (laughs) But just got a weird vibe seeing actual people on there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's, it'd be cool if it was you, right? Like, if you want it and, like, for your family, that'd be fantastic. But if you're just a collector collecting those cards, like, are you collecting those cards because 
like what's the reason you know i think i feel like I, i'm not saying if i had the money to afford these cards i wouldn't be trying to do the same thing but some of these cards i feel like it's kind of a status statement like mm-hmm. where you are within the hobby like oh i can afford the trophy kanga you know or i can afford any of the, these number one trainer cards you know that are tens of thousands of dollars so it's just one of those things where like i get the allure to an extent but also the artwork just doesn't appeal to me at all i guess for to some it might but i feel like the reason why you want it is because oh I have this card where there's only an X amount made, and it's a very limited number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It also gets, like, with a lot of those cards, like, that's the factor. You know, they're just rare. Um, same with the illustration contest. You know, it was drawn by normal people. They're not necessarily the best looking. Um, there's quite the wide range. Some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are eh, but... Yeah, it's just the rarity factor. And, you know, going forward, I'm going to kind of watch for those cards because you almost don't want to collect something that's too niche. And with those, I mean, you kind of get into that territory. I mean, we're already Mm -hmm. talking about stuff being too niche with stuff that shouldn't be, in our opinion, like your AR Arceus cards, very cool cards. But it's just released in a time where it's just people don't really care. There's plenty of other stuff to collect besides those. Same with those cards. Like, yeah, they're valuable because they're super rare. But, I mean, you got to put the more niche you get, the more work that you have to do in selling. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, And there's going to be variance with price because it it pretty much pays more or less whatever somebody's willing to pay for that card during that and that market if you're willing to take that money yeah but at the same time if you can afford these as well there's a good chance you don't necessarily need to sell it for money as well so you can have patience in selling it but there could be a five-year window whatever that you decide to sell it where the market's just down for it mm-hmm. i know the kanga had a backtrace a little bit from the from the market highs i'm not I don't know what the last one sold for. Do you, by chance? No, I haven't been keeping up with it. I I do know it backtraced a little bit. Yeah, I and know, you know that one still kind of that one's still kind of niche too. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. well, obviously all the trophies are, but mm-hmm. you know, out of all the trophy cards, why Kangaskhan? You know, Kangaskhan's mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, he's not Pikachu. He's not these very identifiable trophy cards. Um, he's just kind of a a random Pokemon. And, you know, the event was like a parent-child event. So it makes total sense, but out of all the trophy card lineup, it's just kind of weird, you know. But I just think that the artwork's just very, very plain. Yeah. I like the That's artwork what... a lot. For me, though, I mean, I mean, I get it. It, it looks like Watsy from that era, right? With that, with that hollow pattern, but it just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just doesn't. Yeah. I think some of the number one trainers look better than that. There's not even a last sold on the ten price that I can, I can find. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those are sold privately or through auction houses more than on private eBay accounts, because from what I can tell. The the tens that had are lists that are like 
they're listed for for four hundred thousand more or less. So I'm not sure what the last one sold for. That's what I was trying to find. Let's see the let's see the market trend. It looks like there's none that have sold in the last twelve months. I guess because it's not on the price guide. So not sure on that one. Maybe go to PSA to see what what they, they say. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, we covered the main ones. I'm sure there's some we're missing. There's, you know, it's kind of like statistics. There's just so many that you can jerry-rig every which way. So there's not really a definitive list. So you can you can twist things however you want. But, uh, oh, got to hit my mic there. But, yeah, I guess uh, unless you have some other category you want to talk about we can pretty much jump into the main no and what uh just one thing that i want to say is it looks like the last 10 that's on psa last psa 10 sold for like two hundred twenty-five thousand according to psa um now sometimes that can be a little outdated it doesn't include private sales obviously um so obviously the ones that's for 400 are just kind of shooting for the moon yeah. but and i think the nines were more like the nines, especially, and like the nines and eights, took a big hit. Like I know it says nines is like seventy five, fifty thousand. I want to say it dipped like forty to fifty percent, but I might be mistaken on that. I know it dipped a, a little bit after the hype. I just don't know the exact amount, unfortunately, so I don't want to give the wrong amount. But anyways, the, the whole the whole point of that was there's a lot of variance with this card because it's such a niche card and it obviously is very expensive. So you have those two factors combined. It can make for a very, very volatile market at times. Yeah. But again, if you, I mean, most people can't afford that card, so most people don't really care, probably. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. The, uh, like, I guess that's the last little bit that I was looking at for, you know, me narrowing down the collection. It's like, yeah, these. As these cars get more expensive, they will become harder to sell. Um, yeah, it's, unless you yeah. just throw them up on eBay and you know take the fees and taxes and all that. So, I mean, I feel like you're going to try to do that at private sales so you can get as much of the money as possible. Um, because I'm kind of seeing this with. Oh wow! One second. I think somebody bought the 2009 illustration Arceus that was on. It's not coming up on eBay. Yeah. So one you somebody were bought watching. it. Yes, somebody bought it. So uh, I know we kind of we're kind of divergent here, um, but I've mentioned before, like, what are my top five cards? Um, or like you know some of my favorite cards, and I've mentioned that it's there's several in the 2009 RCS illustration contest. Well, randomly about a month and a half ago, two months ago, I received a notification from eBay that one popped up, and it was listed for twelve thousand dollars. Now, I don't like I'm typing it in now, and it's not even showing up in the sold listing. So there, it, somehow it must have. Somebody must have contacted him, and must have, the sale must have been den, done on eBay because I'm not seeing it. Huh. Yeah, straight up. Or somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I remember I showed you a screenshot of it. Or maybe Japanese. 
Anyways, I, for, I forgot what I was even going to say <laughs> beforehand. Was that a car that was like priced high that hadn't sold in a while? It hadn't been. There hadn't been one. There had. There has not been one posted for several years before that one came up. I gotcha. So yeah. Yeah, I and, remember you sent now, it to me now. Yeah, it, there, it's been several years since the last one was publicly sold. Um, I think it was like 2018 or 2019, and obviously I couldn't afford it. Right, it was twelve thousand, and it makes sense because the I believe the 2010 ones are like around five six thousand and and a ten if I'm not mistaken, um, and there is believed to be less printed of the 2009 version, and even less have made market publicly. So it's not surprising that somebody wanted two X what the what the two some of the two thousand tens go for. Um it's just kind of crazy that it it went fast. A card at that price moved that fast because of how rare it, those cards hit hit the market. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing it. That's crazy. That's crazy, dude. But yeah, that, that's a nice super one. niche Yeah, it's a super niche card and it's one of my grails. Um it's pretty much the only thing I would ever sell. Probably a my Mario and Luigi for once I get it. Those would be the only things I would, I would ever sell it for is a card like that because it's a true grail in the hobby. Yeah, it's very. But oh well. Nice. Mm. There's a lot of uh, you know a lot with these key cards. Like you know, I'm looking for a. Poncho Pikachu 207. Um, one with Charizard. That's the Mega Charizard one. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of tens and stuff available, but people just throw them up there as buy it nows. And usually, like, for this card, for instance, you know, there's been sales of, like, just under like 2500 of the 10 but people throw up buy it nows for like 3500 so it's just you almost have to buy these cards right now which maybe this will change um you have to buy these cards right now at auction just to get a decent deal um looks like tca gaming just threw up a psa 9 mario pika for auction so there you go what who is that uh, TCA gaming rusty. Yeah, I, I I expect I've noticed I've gotten a lot of uh, notifications in the last week from people posting their Mario Pikachu. People are getting ready for the movie, and he said, "No, probably it's probably Arvin Factory." And I was like, "I'm telling you, people are gonna are gonna like throw those up to make money, and there's gonna be a small hype, and it, it could be permanent. You know, who knows?" And I'm just curious to see what it might do with those cards. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. This one would be. One to watch. Um, nice one at auction there. It looks like it's a little off-center. We got a couple of nicks on the top. So, But yeah, it's like people post these raw cards. Like here's a 20, 20th anniversary Festa raw for almost $6,000. <laughs> it's a really good-looking copy. And it'll probably grade a 10, but it's like... It's almost like if you want this card in a 10 or you want any of these big cards in a 10, it's like you're buying the raw price, you know, for like 
essentially just minus the grading fees. So you're doing all the work and then not really getting a good deal. And then, you know, worst case scenario, you don't get the 10 and then you're screwed. So it's uh, really hard to buy these cards. Highly recommend checking out conventions, uh, making a deal that way. So I'm probably going to bring some of my big cards to KC Collect Con for that reason. You got a regular Con? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It it depends. Um, I don't know. They're... They're up for sale for the right price, but yeah, I'm going to try to wait until, you know, hype takes off. Um, but I mean, if, you know, if the situation comes, like, they, I don't really care to hold on to those for a long time, really. Um, especially if I can get a, you know, a nice card or two, which, yeah, you're talking at least like I could get two Grail 10s with that crap, so... Here's a PSA 10 Mario Pikachu with three days left. This is uh, TCA Gaming as well. It was, so it was the second grade card, I think, or the fourth grade. But, I'm sorry, with the Arceus. And yeah, it's not posted on um, eBay's site or PCA site. So it was definitely a private sale, it appears. Um, and the last one that I could see that was sold publicly was 2018 for the RCS. A few of the Pikachus have sold in 2020. And the people that have bought in 2020 beforehand, oh my god, they're going to have a massive payday. Because the ones that sold in 2016 and 2018 sold for $400 to $1,000. Yeah, it's crazy. No, there, there's been private sales, but yeah. like, And there's only one of the 2010 posted. The last one that that sold was best offer at 10K, so it was under 10,000. So I wonder if somebody actually agreed to pay for it. I mean, it, it's it's worth it. It is. It's that rare. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this 10 Mario Pika that TCA has. Are you it, gonna see see what it goes for? Yeah, it's been nearing 5K though now. Tens. That makes sense. That makes sense with the nines. I mean, I, I don't have it. I'm gonna buy it. It's it's a card that will definitely continue to do well. Um, so even yes, at three thousand dollars, it's still a good good time to buy if you love the card and you also have the idea, quote unquote, investing in it, um, or not three or five thousand dollars because with the amount of pop that has. That card could easily, you know, in time hit fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. I can't say easily, but in time, I could see the tens hitting that price. Yeah. Maybe even more. Really, my biggest challenge, if I go the route of upgrading cards, like getting a ten Mario, is the biggest challenge. So I could literally buy this in three days. And just say, screw it and sell my Lorcana now. Don't do but, it. Yeah, Don't gonna, do it. I'm going to wait. I, I at least got to see what's at KC Collecticon. Or literally, at this point, I, I can't do it. Like, you know, you had a guy that told me to, like, that tr tr try to re reach out to me to maybe try to sell. And I'm like, it's, at the time, it was like six months. I mean, we're five months away from, I mean, I, I assume it's going to be sometime September, October. And, I can wait that long, like especially 
current market value, I could probably ask for twenty five thousand, probably get twenty two thousand, twenty two, twenty three thousand. I know my my cards are sequential tens, but they aren't proper in the set order, quote unquote. But they are in the order in which they were with the um, how they were displayed, yeah. and they are sequential tens. So ultimately, not everybody's going to care about that, and like. If that's the current price, like I'm gonna hold on to it to see what happens. So, yep, like you said, I mean we're getting close. Might as well hang on. Um, I should be announcing gameplay anytime soon. Like very, I could see them very soon. Anytime in the next four weeks, probably. Yeah, and the the gameplay mechanics look even stronger, like Magic, than we were even initially thinking. Um, mm-hmm. they, they posted a goofy card, I think that was in red. So it was the red ink and they, they went on to mention in that post that, you know, red ink illustrations are more aggressive and, you know, less careful. So it, it's literally like in magic, like the red mana cards or the red cards are more aggressive. They do quick damage, but you know, blue is kind of like the control color where they like have counter spells. Green isn't really aggressive, but they have big monsters. White is kind of like a balance of things and like counters and stuff like that, like a slow beef up. And then black is kind of like the punishment. So it seems like they're kind of doing that same thing in Lorcana, at least with the red. Um, and yeah, um, purple ink Elsa seems to be like the control color. So, I mean that they're they're strong, strong days ahead for Lorcana for sure. But yeah, like you said, might as well wait to see what happens. It's getting very close. Yeah. So and I so I just looked at it uh, with Arceus. It was the third grade winner that was. That still on the Zarsia. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thinking here, going through just to try to see. If, I couldn't remember which one it was. It was a third grade winner, and there's no sold on at all on PSA for their um, APR value, and it sucks. Like those cards are so rare. Like it's one of those situations. I even mentioned this in another in another podcast. I think it was the one that we were talking about with our favorite Pokemon cards. Like. It's a card that when, when it pops up, you got to have that fluid money on hand immediately because it's so rare that even if somebody asks, you know, $10,000, it could easily go within a week because it's that rare. And I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, the story has been complete. <laughs> <laughs> the RC's Chronicles are closed. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. But it is what it is. I'll Eventually, we'll see more, um, maybe. Because those cards obviously are very niche, but a lot of people within the hobby are aware of those cards and understand their importance and value within the industry. And with anywhere from 20 or whatever it was to 200 that might have been printed, you know, that the, the question is one of the biggest question marks within the hobby when it comes to cards of that, of that rarity and that tier. It's definitely a mystery. It really is. Yeah. Well, I guess we can uh, move on to the questions. Um, I like the two questions that you showed 
Um, so I figured we'd just hit those two if you want. Oh, we're just going to use mine? Okay. <laughs> well, like, I was I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good one. I started looking, and then you sent another one. So it's like, you know, we usually stick to two, and, like, they were both yeah. good. So I'm like, well, might as well just do those, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Um, so with that, the first question I have is, what was your worst FOMO? buy this could have occurred in the pandemic or it could have occurred in any hype what was one of your worst buys and we'll go ahead and include sells as well yeah as far as like fomo related hmm i had a few <laughs> yeah i mean I was pretty good with buying and selling things. The, I guess one of the poorest decisions I had here recently was like, you know, when I was downgrading those cards, like some cards I had in tens to buy other things. Like, yeah, it, it gave me a lot more like capital, like free up stuff. But it's like... Yeah, do I, like, what do I spend it on? And uh, a lot of those cards are, like, just cards I liked. And they have still went down a little bit, even though, you know, it's nothing over, like, $100 mostly. But, so I kind of jumped the gun on things. Like, I just had excess money and, like, ooh, I like that card, I'll just pick it up. I like that card, I'll just pick it up. Whereas now, like, I want to condense down again because I've kind of gotten carried away with it. So, that... That's kind of my biggest regret is not like taking my time with things um, and maybe not selling more during the hype. You know, I definitely sold a good chunk of things, but not not enough because I was just kind of worried. It wasn't a factor of like worried that, you know, oh, if I sell this, I'm never getting it back. But it's like I'm going to want to have it back and... I'm worried that they will go up more because no matter what, I want this card in the future. So I'm not even going to risk it. I'm just going to hold. So, you know, my Charizard was at like 20K at the hype, which is nuts. Yeah, and now it's like 5 to 6K. It's kind of yeah, crazy. It's like 6 or 6.5. They're, they're creeping back well, up again. Well, last one I saw sold was like 5,500. Um, that was not too long ago too. So maybe there was another one that sold, but yeah. But those are like, that's the type of one where instead of buying three cases of evolving skies, you should probably just buy that (laughs) because although it's not near mint, it's something that will at least stay mostly stable, like won't decrease too much, but whenever there's another hype and surge, Watsy is going to usually see a hit or see like a huge increase. So, I mean, it's a, it's a safer play if you're talking about investing quote unquote, and it can see big, big growths pretty easily. Um, so that's definitely something worth getting over sealed product. In my opinion, obviously it's a larger entry point, but still, um, but my worst buy. So I did a few of them. Um, 
I would I did buy pretty high on some of the RCS AR cards. Uh, some of them were relatively broken, even when I sold, or it was only down like twenty five percent. Some of them were like I pro- have gone down like fifty plus percent. Um, but that wasn't the bit hugest deal because I've kept the two most expensive ones, the AR four and the AR five, and those are my favorite ones. And you know there was only like there's still only, there's still like less than twenty of each if I'm not mistaken, so I'm still really not too worried about those ones. But I did overspend a little bit with some of the other ones. I did take a loss when I sold trying to get, get more Larkana, and you know it is what it is. You live and learn. It was probably overall like four or five hundred dollars down from what they are now, between all all the ones that I bought. So I mean, yeah, did it suck? But it did. But it wasn't such a massive hit. Like, wow, I made a terrible decision. I was just like, dang it, I should have been more patient. That's kind of the mentality I have with it. Now, the biggest one probably is, was the very first action I made when getting in the hobby. Um, and Nathan's probably aware of what that is. And that's, I probably should have just flipped the evolution booster boxes that I bought. Did I enjoy opening them? Absolutely. You know, it, it set me on the course I'm, I'm on right now and eventually made me go and clear out every place in a 30-mile radius and get a lot, a lot of money from that. So, obviously, overall, I did make my money, but it would have been a lot better if I could have bought four boxes for, like, it was, like, 1200 bucks, I think, approximately, and flipped it for 5000 yeah. And not have to have pay taxes on it because it was, I would still would have had under 20000 you know, whereas a lot of this stuff now, well, this year now, I've, I've sold most of it, so I didn't really have to pay too much taxes on it, thankfully, yet. But that would have been the better action, especially with how long it ended up taking for, for me to get my cards back. If I could have gotten my cards back a year earlier, it wouldn't be so bad. But because it ended up taking me two years to get it back, I didn't, I, like, I ended up making just like a few thousand dollars overall. Whereas if I would have just sold as soon as they hit, $1,200 or whatever it was when it hit their high, I would have had a nice fat margin. I could have put that into like an actual card. But at the same time, with the knowledge and experience I had in the hobby, I probably would have spent it on like battle style and shit. <laughs> yeah, you were big on battle styles. Battle styles. I, I like the all stars. They you know, look that, like that, Goku. They're the next big yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was my it was my chase card. I, I fed into the hype. I fed into the FOMO a little bit. And it was just Battle Styles of the first one with the Alt Arts, with the Detar, first one, first time we've seen that. And, you know, that would probably be my mistake with the FOMO. You know, kind of like the, the path trajectory I chose. I ended up being okay overall, but looking back, that was definitely my worst decision, but I've learned from it. So you can just call it a $3,000 mistake. <laughs> right? It wasn't quite that. I mean, because like I said, I did make money selling the cards, but... Probably end up probably net loss like fifteen hundred to two thousand probably is probably more realistic. Yeah, but and you know yeah, a lot of a lot of that was out of your control though. Also with luckins and all that. Yeah, so I mean, like overall, disturbed. I still made money. Like I didn't like have like an actual loss overall. You know, I was able to buy the, my collection and turn a profit, but it could have been much more. So it's still an overall loss, even though I didn't post a loss with my overall funds, if that makes sense. Um, it's just the gains could have been a lot better. So that was probably my 
biggest FOMA decision I've, I've ever done. And since then, I've been very, very patient. And I've even almost gone to the opposite where I've learned to control my spending very, very strictly now. Yeah. So I've and been that's able how to. I've always been. Like, I've always been very frugal and focused. But for some reason, like, I just got this little itch, like, at the end of last year, just to go for cards I like. So because I didn't have a focused goal and I just had, you know, just this huge list of cards I liked, I just started buying too much and just got out of focus. So I realized I I can't happily collect like that. I have to have a definitive goal. And, uh, you know, I could be happy like that, but I, I'm ultimately looking for the end game where I'm, like, legitly happy with what I have. And, like, it doesn't mean I'm not going to put more money in the hobby. Like, maybe it means I just continue my set collection. Like, the next set is, you know... EX Ruby Sapphire. Maybe I just continue a binder collection until I catch up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that'd be insane. But I'd be lost space. Yeah. Well, with binders, I mean, not too terrible. But it's much less space than buying all those cards graded. Yeah. But, yeah, I probably won't be doing that, though. I, th- I think my end goal will be just have a very small stack of graded, then my binders, which I'll be happy with, and then I'll have my first edition base set, and maybe I'll slowly upgrade the condition of those. Then I just don't know what I'll do with the gold stars. Like, I love them. I don't want to get rid of them, but they could fund a lot of things. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So, the next question is, if creating didn't exist, how would your collecting priorities change? Um, Because you kind of of talked about towards the end there. Yeah, that would be pretty much how I've always collected. Um, I would just probably go for sets. Um, and then just be happy with that. It'd be real simplistic. Wouldn't have to worry about condition. Um, and then I'd probably have one binder where I had like the super rare stuff. Like I've always had one binder that had most everything like worthy in it. Like I called it the God binder. I think I even have a video of it on my YouTube but it's the binder that housed like my first edition base jungle fossil set, all my gold stars and like stuff like that. And then everything else that was in a binder was a set like in set order. So I think I would just expand my set collection and then just have one binder of my favorite stuff, AKA most expensive stuff that doesn't fit in the set. And then that'd be about it. Hmm. But pretty much not too much. Uh, if it did change, I mean, I definitely would have bought different things. That's for sure. Um, I probably would have put more focus on what see instead of buying other cards because some of the cards with the RCS ones I bought because I wanted it, 
but I also bought because I kind of thought maybe I'd flip it down the road. You know, I, if Graydon didn't exist, I wouldn't have that thought process at all. So there are some cards I wouldn't have ever bought graded, obviously. And I would have put it more towards the base interest I had yeah. um, instead of going for stuff for its allure. Like, oh, it's a PSA 9. Oh, it's a PSA 10. And look, that's so cool. Like, somebody, I was drawn to the allure of a PSA 10 with, the, with it being graded. And I think it's hard not to think about the monetary values associated with it because of that. Um, but it would go to the core principles, I, I guess you could say, of collecting and my interest within the hobby is what I, I would be doing. Here's another but thing. I, think oh. I would still care about, about condition, though. <laughs> yeah. I would still want the best condition I can get. It's just I want to be fixated on like a PSA 9 or 10 level. Here's another thing I could do um, as far as binder sets goes. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and collect every set, like, leading up to, you know, where we're at now. If I did do that, I would probably stop at black and white because Diamond, Pearl, Platinum, and into Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver... Like those sets, like I mentioned before, I like actively collected those sets when they came out. And then when Black and White came out, that's not only where my nostalgia ends, but it's also where they really went crazy with the secret rares and full arts. So that would be like the perfect stopping point for me. So maybe that's a possibility. Um, or I could go back and... You know, this is what the if grading didn't exist got me thinking about. Um, even if I didn't collect every set like that, I might collect just the special sets. So I might collect uh, like anything that isn't in a booster box, essentially. And that doesn't really even happen until black and white because you have the like maybe I'll collect the radiant collection from black and white. Maybe I'll do a binder Those set. Those are pretty good. Yeah, maybe I'll do a binder set of Evolutions because, like, yeah, it was a set, but it was, like, a special set, you know. Then I do a set of, have a binder set of Celebrations. Like, every time there's, like, a special or nostalgia product, like, it'd be fun to collect those. But So, yep. That's really all I have to say, though. Yeah, I think we uh, pretty much covered everything, honestly. Yeah. A shorter episode than we usually do. Hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. I like the timing of this. Like, I would like to get down to an hour and 30 for most episodes. But it's like, no matter what, like, if we're not paying attention to the time, like, we'll sometimes hit two hours, but... I mean, we'll rarely go over two hours still, but one thirty, like it seems like it's enough content, and like you can cut out a lot of fluff at one thirty. Well, in this one, there wasn't like we yeah, we just kind of elaborated on you know niches, their importance within the hobby and collecting, and some of the examples of those niches, and it was more of a 
obviously we kind of said our opinion, but there was, it was a little bit more just going down a list. You know, there wasn't as much discussion involved through each niche because like you mentioned before, everything within the hobby can be considered niche, you know? So it's kind of a broad term, but if you want to break it down, you can get more specific, but this is one that we were interested in doing because it was just something to categorize the hobby. You know, we, Naturally, we try to put things kind of in groups, and that's exactly what collecting is, more or less. And just covering it is just one part of the hobby. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, our next episode, I think we're going to do another era episode, but it's going to be a little different. So we pretty much covered all of Watsi, um, but we are going to go back and do like the the loose ends, which is essentially, you know, like the, um, everything that we didn't cover that wasn't a main set, pretty much like Southern islands, um, base set two legendary collection, and maybe some of the promos of that. Era. Yeah. So. That'd be the, the main ones. Absolutely. And then there was the, well, we already said promos, but the, um, has the place promos is something that, are again somewhat niche but something that you don't hear a lot of folks talking about so we'll be going into those as well yeah but anyway guys thanks for listening and we will catch you in the next one see y'all later